Second Chronicles chapter 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in uh, Hazazan Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and said himself, Listen, see, this is where, what I feel like the Lord is saying. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Here's what I... One of the things, there's, I'm going to read this, but there's going to be teachable moments through it. Is that good? Everybody good with that? He said that he set his face to seek the Lord. He feared. And you know what? Fear is something. We've not given, 2 Timothy 1, uh, Timothy 1 says, 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We do not have a spirit of fear, but that doesn't mean that fear won't come at you. So fear came at Jehoshaphat, who wasn't a New Testament believer, who didn't have Holy Spirit on the inside of him, but he did have enough wisdom to know, I need to seek the Lord. So I want to encourage you today, if fear has come at you, then what you do is you seek the Lord. You turn your face to the Lord, the ever faithful one, and you look to him. Don't look at what's right in front of you, what's lying to you. You look to him. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? What's he doing? You know what he's doing? He's stirring himself up, declaring who God is, not what his situation is, but who God is. What what prompted him to do that? Fear. But he moved from fear into faith when he began to recognize who God is. He was positioning his heart out of fear and into faith to be stirred up by going, God, I know who you are. This is who you are. And he set his eyes there. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwelt in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Hallelujah. Glory a Dios. Glory to God. He said, you will hear and you will save. I'm just lost my place. There we are. Verse 10. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw out, us out of your, your possession. Did you catch that? 
right, I've been teaching on stewardship. He's understanding, Jehoshaphat's understanding something here that it's not his land, it's the Lord's. Come on, somebody. He said, out of your, they've come here to throw us out of, uh, well, I just lost my place again. Your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. See, he acknowledged the issue, but he then directed his attention, his focus. He said, this thing's bigger than me. Anybody ever face something that was bigger than you? The rest of you just scared to raise your hand or sleep or lying. We've all faced those things that seem bigger than us, that we may put on that face and act like we've got it all together, but on the inside, it's just turmoil. Even the emotion of fear. But God said, you don't have that spirit. It's not yours. It has to go. So he set his eyes and he said, our eyes are upon you. Now, all Judah, listen to this. This is so precious. With their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. See, that's why I felt that the Lord was saying, I want to do something in the family. We can go to Ephesians and we can look at the body and how we're one body and every joint supplies. It's so important that we function as a body. We can say, God, we want to be good stewards and we want to steward, but never give him time to use our bodies and for us to steward what he wants to do. See, it's all about choice. God lets us choose. He let Adam and Eve choose. They chose wrong. He let them choose. He said, I put before you death and life. And what did he say? Choose life. And and the same thing in our walk with him and our stewarding of what he has given us. He lets us choose whether we're going to be faithful and obedient or not. This morning, I had a choice. Worship was sweet. And and I had all these things running through my mind. Well, you're just going to mess up what what I'm doing, what God's doing, because you're going to go up and talk when everybody's worshiping. They're in a sweet place, and you're just going to ruin it. Just hold on. Just hold on. And I began to second guess. I was like, nope. Lord, if I miss it, I miss it. But I know I'll miss it if I don't do anything. My eyes are on you. And I'm going to say yes to what I feel like you're leading me to do. And I don't know about you, but I was blessed during that time. I hope that you were. I hope that you were ministered to. And what's so precious here is the whole family unit was there in worship standing before the Lord. That's something to be said. The whole family unit was there. And in this building, we're a family. But inside the family, there's families. And it's important that this family stands together, but it's important that your family stands before the Lord as well. Because as your family stands before the Lord at home, when you come here, our stand will be stronger. His presence will be more magnified and His, his uh, gifts will be more seen as we stand in His presence at our home physical location at our work and then as we come together we bring what we have verse 14 then the spirit of the lord came upon jehaziel jehaziel the son of zach don't you love these names praise jesus zachariah the son of benaiah the son of jael the son of mataniah a levite of the sons of asaph in the midst of the assembly So he's in the midst of the assembly and the spirit of the Lord. Where was he? 
on the platform waiting to speak. New. He was in the middle of the assembly. He was being a part. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's what he does. That's what he does when we give him room. That's what he does, the Spirit of the Lord. Maybe someone came to you and gave you a word. You know what it was? It was they were in the midst of the assembly and the Lord spoke to them. And they said yes to what the Lord spoke to them and they stepped out. Does that mean they got it exactly right? Maybe, maybe not, but they stepped out. But uh, he stepped out and he spoke. He was in the middle of the assembly and he said, Listen, all you, all you of Judah... And you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. And in my Bible, there's an exclamation point. That's pretty bold. This brother knew he had a word. Because he addressed everybody. Then he said, and you, King Jehoshaphat, exclamation point. So it wasn't just a, hey, and would you listen to? It was, and you. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. You see what he did? He didn't make a positive confession and say they're nothing. They're not here. You're just, you're, you're deluded. They're not really here. No, he acknowledged who they were. You, are you tracking with me? He said this great multitude. <clears throat> Don't, do, do not be dismayed of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at all the end of the brook, them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. And look at Jehoshaphat's response. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now we saw a few verses earlier. Who was there? It was the babies. It was the mamas. It was the children. And when the word of the Lord came, everyone bowed in reverence and worship, acknowledging God, you're bigger than all this that's coming against us. There's something to be said. I'm not saying that we as parents need to bring our our kids into all our issues and things like that. But we shouldn't be afraid to let our kids know, look, we're facing a giant right now, but the Lord is who we're looking at. And the Lord is going to deliver us. The Lord has got us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So our eyes are on the Lord and we're going to see God. I don't know how it's happening just yet, but he's promised he will always deliver us. So I'm not doubt and unbelief. I'm in faith saying God will deliver us from this big thing that stands in front of us. And when when deliverance comes, you know what the kids go? They go, well, it wasn't it happened. And they said, oh, yeah, that was God. They walked with you along the journey. And you know what it does? It establishes them in the faith. Then the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the uh, Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. I love that. I love when you read in the Bible, worship, most of the time, worship is extravagant. It's not quiet, it's loud with clanging cymbals and dance and timbrel and clapping of hands. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah. so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of uh, Tekoa 
And they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted the people, he appointed those who could sing to the Lord and who should, who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent, <laughs> the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. See, how did it all start? He was afraid. But in his fear, he set his eyes on the Lord. He set to seek the Lord, not to allow fear to rule in his life. And as I said, if everyone in here, I don't care how strong you are, everyone in here faces fear. We face it on different levels at different places and, and it manifests different ways. But the Lord doesn't do that to show us cowardly. He does it to strengthen us, to let us know that this fear, I brought this fear to attention so that it can be exposed because it's a lie. It's a lie because it's, it's causing you to look at defeat instead of victory. And I am victorious. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, triumphing over them in the cross. And that's where we're seated with him in heavenly places, in triumph. And he said, I want you to set your eyes on me. Jehoshaphat, he was in fear. And he went to the Lord. He sought the Lord. And the Lord strengthened his heart. The Lord encouraged him. But it was because he chose to set his eyes on the Lord. And I don't know what you're facing this morning. But as we choose to set our eyes on the Lord, as we choose to say, God, I'm going to let this vessel, not one day when I arrive, but right here, right now, I'm going to use this vessel. I'm going to steward it for your honor and your glory, for you to take me right where we am. God, I, this is new to me. I'm going to take that 10% step. And God said, all right, I'll meet you there. Jehoshaphat took a step. He said, I'm going to seek the Lord. And it's so amazing that he went from fear to faith. And what did he say? He said, believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. He was so sure that the, what the word of the Lord was to him that he said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send the worshipers in front of the army. I don't know. I don't know what I thought about that in the natural. If I'd have been a worshiper, <laughs> if I didn't believe I'd have been in fear. But he said, before he told him, do you notice that? Before he said, we're going to send the worshipers out first. He said, believe in the Lord and you'll be established. Right? I'm not making it up. It's right here. Verse 29. Believe in the Lord and you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Believe the speaking word of God and you'll prosper. He, say, he set a, a groundwork and said, okay, Here's what we're going to do. Because we believe the Lord. He said we wouldn't even have to fight. This battle's not ours. He's going to fight for us. We're just going to worship him. We're going to go out in worship. We're going to praise him, the beauty of his holiness. We're going to acknowledge who he is. And it said that the Lord sent ambushes and they've defeated themselves. They defeated themselves. You know what that is? He stirred himself up with the testimony. The reason I gave the testimony earlier before we went into ministry time is to stir people up. 
is to say, this is who God is, not who he was. You understand, your testimony should not be when you got born again. Is that part of it? Yes, but your testimony should be who Jesus is to us right now. And our testimony should be, I might be in the waiting, but he's still God and he's still faithful. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of us. So what are we doing? We're acknowledging who he is. We're acknowledging what he's done and what he's doing. See, the enemy wants you to get your eyes on what he's doing. He wants so much. He's a copycat. He's not powerless and he's not stupid. We, people say that. Preachers stand up. Well, he's just stupid and, and all this. No, he's not. He's smart, but he's defeated. And we have the wisdom of the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's cunning. He can appear as an angel of light and deceive even the elect. So he's not stupid, but he's defeated. And what he wants to do is he will act and react to get you to react. But here's what I've seen in my life. When we see the enemy manifesting in an area, it's because God's already working in that area. Amen. That's exactly right. I'm encouraged about what God is doing in our area right now. The the revival that's taking place. I'm encouraged by that. That's going on six or seven weeks now. I don't know how it started Mother's Day weekend. So from then to now, it's still been going on. I'm excited that we've got Only Believe coming up next month. I'm excited what God is doing in, in the practical, in our communities, as we just say yes to him, as we yield our bodies to him as, as uh, stewards of what he's placed in us, in our workplace. God is moving. You can look all around and you can see God. I was talking with pastors this week. I'm stirred up. Yes. I was talking with a pastor this week. He was walking in his neighborhood, just praying, walking in, in his neighborhood and praying and, and saw a neighbor he hadn't met before and went up to him and introduced himself and said, can I pray for you? And the guy looked at him and said, yeah, I'm a heathen. He said, all right, tell me about it. (laughs) And what happened, the guy had been in church and gone through a, a bad divorce relationship thing and just was hurt, wounded, hurt, and turned his back on everything and was just bitter and hurt. And by this brother just stopping and sharing with him, this guy confessed everything to him. They prayed, and the man was ministered to right there on the spot at his house. That's revival. That's God pouring out. Revival is not a big tent that can manifest in a tent, but that's not revival. Revival is people pursuing the living God. And it happens when we, the body of Christ, manifest him wherever we go. You know, we talk about well, manifestations. Most people tie that to demonic. Well, this, we're in the service and something manifested. It needs the body of Christ to manifest. <laughs> and we'll see all kinds of... T- As the body of Christ manifests, you'll see other manifestations. But what we do is we press into him and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We shift atmospheres. Amen. When we're aware of it. When we know that that power that raised Christ from the dead is in me. Because when we're not conscious of it, when we're distracted and our attention is somewhere else, we can be in fear just like Jehoshaphat was. But he set his eyes to the Lord. He declared a fast. He said, I'm I'm getting everything out so that I can set my eyes completely on you. And as he set his eyes on the Lord, he was encouraging. He began to do what? Remember. You know what the enemy wants you to do? Forget. He wants you to forget who God is and who God has been to you. 
so that you can look at your current situation and think it's bigger than who God is. But as we're intentional and we set our eyes on the Lord and we stir ourselves up and we allow others to stir us up and speak into us in love, then what what happens is we rise up over it and that thing before that used to knock us down now just becomes a stepping stone for us to get over. But we have to choose to set our eyes on him. Just as Jehoshaphat did, he set his eyes on the Lord and declared, God, you are the Lord. You are God. I remember who you are. I was also reading in in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 6 and 7 when Solomon dedicated the temple. The Lord led me there, then he led me to 20 because I was going to talk about today and I don't know that I'll go there. I guess you guys can sit down for a minute. I don't know what we're doing. I'm just going to be honest. If you're good with there, I'm good with you being there. Uh, I don't know what we're doing. We're just going to follow him. But I was studying this week. We've talked about stewardship, and the the Lord was just really, it was so cool. Uh, Katie and Nathan were away last week at a conference, and she sent me a teaching. And he was talking about, uh, the guy was teaching about our bodies and how uh, you know, God gave us our bodies and our bodies are to be used for his honor and his glory, that he had an intention in giving us a body. He had spirit beings, but he created a body and gave it to man because there was things that needed to be done in the body. Body's not bad, the body's good. No, the body will do bad things when it's subjected to wrong thinking and what you set your eyes on, and what you allow in. It'll, it'll do all that. So as I was listening to this, it was two different teachers. I was listening to it. I was uh, thinking about stewardship and how God's called us to steward. And, and what we steward is our bodies. Our, you, know, you understand every bit of life flows out of your body. Do you understand? You're going in, you're coming out. Your life as you know it is, is stewarded through your body. How you respond to things and how you use your body, what you subject it to. You know, the older you get, you remember the things you subjected your body to when you were younger. (laughs) Yeah, for the young ones, you'll know. That's not a curse. It's just the truth. But I'm redeemed. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah to the lamb. I'm doing good. But our, our bodies, our minds will function out of what they're subjected to. And as we bring them to, just like Jehoshaphat, he he brought his body, he brought his mind into subjection to the truth of the word of who God is. Not who he wanted him to be, but who God is and the faithfulness of who God is. And so he, in obedience, stepped it out. You know, he took a risk by making the declaration he did. He could have been a complete failure and everybody could have been killed. You understand that, right? Yeah, whether you do or not, he could have. Because he felt like this was the Lord. He said, I'm going to be obedient because I've set my eyes on the Lord and I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this. And it was the Lord and God honored it, but he stepped out where it could have been. It's amazing if you read his story and you, you see when he went out to battle, a few chapters earlier, he went out to battle and this prophet had given a, oh, well, he given a prophecy that the other king, he came to, uh, Judah came to Jehoshaphat and said, I want you to go to battle with me. And then he said, well, let's ask this prophet. And he said, no, every time I ask that prophet, he gives a bad report. I ain't asking him. And Jehoshaphat called for the prophet. And when he came in, he, all the other prophets had been saying, oh, you're going to win. It's going to be amazing. You're going to win. And, and this prophet said, they're just got a lying spirit. 
They're telling you what you want to hear. He said, you're not going to recover. He said, I told you. He said, go lock him up. Get him out of here. And he went into battle. He told Jehoshaphat, he said, you dress up like a king. I'm going to look like a, just a peon. You dress up like a king. He was setting him up. And when they, in the, the battle, he was, the, the army was fighting against said, only kill the king. And they, could, they, they came upon Jehoshaphat and they saw that it wasn't, uh, and I'm, the name is just, it's in like 18 and 19. You can read it. Second Chronicles, right here where we are. And uh, he was dressed up in armor like a soldier. And it said, it just happened that somebody from the other army flung a, an arrow pretty much accidentally and it pierced that king and he died. And, and there's Jehoshaphat who God protected and sent him back. And it was that Jehoshaphat. You th- I think when, when the declaration was given that these armies were coming against, I think Jehoshaphat thought back on how, dude, I was set up and God still delivered me. I shouldn't have made it out of that but God delivered me. So I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to set my eyes on the Lord. You know, I can tell you, there are situations, there, there are times in my life, there are things I shouldn't have made it out of. When I wasn't serving the Lord, there are things I shouldn't have made it out of, but he delivered me and he brought me out. I don't live from those mistakes, but I don't forget who he is and how he can deliver you. See, we get this mentality, he'll only deliver me when I'm just chasing him 100%. But he's gracious and he's merciful. And yes, it is our, our desire and our goal to set our eyes on him. But that's not just when he works or when he delivers. It's just when we perform well. Amen. Bless his heart. It's not just when we perform well because that's his grace and that's his mercy. Because the, anyway, I won't go back in. But the whole situation of being in battle is he was in battle with someone he shouldn't have been in battle with. But God still delivered him. That's who he is. That's what he desires. And we have the opportunity, we have the privilege to take this vessel, this temple. He said, don't you know that this body is the temple of God? Let me just open it. I'm going to share a couple of things and I'm going to close. Last week, at one of the, well, a few weeks ago when I spoke last, one of the scriptures that I shared is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. You know what's so cool about that? He didn't say that one be found perfect. He didn't say that one be found flawless. There was only one. His name is Jesus. But he said, what's required of a steward is that they be found faithful 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 is this it doesn't it doesn't mean that i'm going to get it right all the time but it means i will not quit nor give up that's what faithfulness is in marriage it's not that you're going to be perfect when you say i do everything you're perfect from this day forward but what it means is this i'm going to be steadfast and i'm not going to stop i'm going to keep going and i'm going to keep giving because i'm going to be faithful amen And the same is in our walk with the Lord. He says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. The word steward, the Greek word, uh, it's a big one. I'm not going to do it just because. (laughs) 
probably won't be pretty after I just went through all those names in the Old Testament. It's O-I-K-O-N-O-M-O-S. So write that down and have fun with it. But it means a house distributor, a manager, an overseer. And it means a preacher of the gospel, a steward. That's what it means. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? When, uh, when Jehoshaphat got the news, where did he go? He went to the temple. You know what the temple was? The temple was the place that held the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, where God met with man. So what Jehoshaphat did is he went to the place where he knew God was. You know what's so amazing? In the New Testament, when we, for us to go where God is, it's here. We don't have to look up. We don't have to cry out. We just have to look in and say, God, you live in me. <laughs> this is the temple of the living God. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, as stewards, we're called to steward two worlds. We're called to steward two worlds because we occupy two worlds. When the word says we're a new creation, that word new creation is something that's never existed before. We're a new creation because we are on earth, but we're seated in heaven in Christ Jesus. So it is our responsibility and privilege to steward two worlds. As, as Matthew said, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You know how that comes to pass? Not by prayer alone. By prayer, yes. Prayer and partnership. Prayer is, here's the heart of prayer. The heart of prayer is intimacy with God so I get to know his heart toward me so I can do what he has for me to do. It's not manipulating God. It's not begging God. Prayer is intimacy with God that I can see him for who he is and know his heart for me and I can partner with what God is doing. And that as we're in prayer with him, we get the privilege of stewarding two worlds, this one that we live in and the one that we're seated in. And you know how we do that? We do that through a physical body. That was why Jesus had to come and be born of a man, a woman, of a, a virgin and become a man so that he could rule on the earth as a man and give back the authority and the dominion that God had given to man with the body. Colossians 3 says this, verse 1, If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is uh, our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He said, put those things to death because you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. You died with him, and now you're resurrected. That's why we have the responsibility and the privilege and the ability to steward two worlds. See, we steward the spiritual and the natural, the emotional and the physical, and they're connected. 
So that's what I said. When you see stuff manifesting in the natural, that's the enemy, whether it be attacks, terror attacks, or uh, rage, or whatever. What that is, that's a natural response to a spiritual thing that's already happening. You know what? I believe there's so much tension right now in America because God's pouring out a spirit of unity. Is Is it evident on CNN? No. NBC, ABC, no. Because all lives matter, because body, lives are, are held in bodies, and bodies are used to present and to, uh, to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. And God is pouring out a spirit of unity. That's what I'm saying. You're seeing it. You're seeing this big tent, the, the, the denomination that's having this revival in the tent. There's people from all denominations coming. And whether they're not saying, we want a unity movement, we want a unity movement, but what God's doing is he's showing unity. So what's the enemy doing? He's trying to stir up disunity. Because you know what he wants? He wants your attention on the discord. He wants your attention on the hate because his love is being poured out. And people are on the street in their neighborhood. Somebody's walking up to them and say, can I pray for you? And they go, yeah, I'm a heathen. You know what that is? That's the love of God being poured out. We have to choose where we're going to set our eyes. And where we set our eyes will be determined on what comes out of our body. So if you set your mind on fear, you set your heart, your eyes, your ears on hate and division, guess what's going to come up? Guess what's going to rise up on the inside of you? I told you, the Lord told me <laughs> some time ago that I'm so, I'm so easy to get angry driving because I practice it all the time. But I quit. I'm, I'm doing better in Jesus' name. I really, really am. That's not a faith statement. I'm doing better. My wife prays for me a lot, and that, that's one of the reasons I'm doing better. I'm going to leave it alone, baby. I love you. But the reason that it's so easy for you to get upset in areas is because you spend time meditating about being upset in that area. And if we'll do as, as Jehoshaphat did, and we'll set our eyes on the Lord and re- acknowledge who he is, not just, okay, God, I'm going to look to you. Show me something. Do something. But if we set our eyes on him, if we go back and go, God, this is who you are, and this is who you've been. Not to Josh. It's important. Josh's testimony is important to me. You know why it's important to me? Because we're in the family. And every joint supplies. He's part of this body. So his testimony is important to me. I can draw strength from his testimony, from the testimony of others. But God said, I want you to be able to look back on your testimony so that you know who I am to you, not just who I am to others. And then that's, that's the gift that you have to share is the testimony of who God is to you. And when we do that in obedience, it opens the door to minister life, to bring that kingdom into this kingdom. Because what is that kingdom? What is the kingdom of heaven? He says the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Righteousness, peace, and joy, Romans says. So as I reach into that kingdom, as I reach into this kingdom, I get to steward a, a spiritual world that's bigger than any physical thing I'm facing, I come in righteousness because he's made me righteous. 
And I come with the peace of the Lord because he spoke peace to me. And I can have joy no matter what I'm facing because he is greater than whatever I face. Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when we will not allow our hope to be deferred, to be set aside, and we say, no, I'll stay in hope because I know who the one I hope in. And he's faithful. So no matter what you're facing, he's faithful. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And we have the privilege of stewarding two kingdoms with this one body. Just as Jesus did. And our focus, our attention, our focus should be on him. But our intention of heart should be this. If it's not in that kingdom, then it shouldn't be in this one. Because I'm called to steward the spiritual and the natural, the emotional and the physical. And just as Tish taught for two weeks about how much the emotional is tied to the physical. I mean, medical doctor report after report after report says 90 plus percent of sickness that's dealt with in America is emotionally. It doesn't mean that they're just thinking it. It just means that through emotional conditions, lies they've believed and fears they've allowed in, it affects their body physically. The stress, the anxiety, the irritable bowel syndrome, all of those things, even cancer and things like that directly related to the mind. Yes. So the emotional and the physical, they're connected. The spiritual and the natural is connected. And we have the privilege to steward that. But if we're going to steward it faithful, the only way is just as Jehoshaphat did. And that's to set our eyes on the Lord. To seek the Lord and to say, Jesus, you're the answer. No matter what it is, is Jesus the answer? Yes. yes. That can, say, can sound simple, but it, it's, it's truth. And it, it's like I've said before. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because there are distractions. And I want you to understand it. I want to encourage you in this today. If there's something in your area... That, in your mind that the enemy's really stirred you up in fear, what you need to know is say, what you need to do is this, say, God, this is an area of fear in my life. So I want to direct my eyes on you because I want to see the truth about this lie I believe. If it's provision, if it's uh, physical, whatever it is, God, I want to see the truth. And you set your eyes on the true and the lie will become more and more exposed. And then once the lie is exposed, you can root it out and get rid of it. And then there'll be freedom in that area. Freedom doesn't come by covering it up and acting like it's not there. Been there, done that, got the scars, pulled that scab off over and over and over. Wow, I got a witness over and over again. But it's, it's going there saying, God, this is the lie. I want to know the truth. Because any area in your life that's hopeless is there's a lie you've believed. And as we do that, what we do, what we're doing is we're stewarding what God has given us. And then once we steward it, you know what? We have something that we can give others. Amen. Let's stand.